This audio program may contain descriptions of violence and topics that may not be suitable for everyone. Please listen with caution. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. The story I was going to tell you at the beginning of this is my mom texted me and was like, what are you doing for Christmas Eve? So I was like, oh, I'll probably be hanging out with Austin, but we'll be nearby. Why did you want us to come visit you? And all she said back was not necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, and then the next day she goes, Sarah's coming by. Just wanted to make sure I have enough food. And I was like, yeah, you don't have to. We won't be eating with you. (laughs) What? And she goes. Okay, love you. <laughs> Not necessarily. Not necessarily. <laughs> oh, okay, mom. That's funny. Uh, um, my grandmother is all upset because her sister-in-law and her sister both got save the dates for my wedding and she hasn't gotten hers yet well you're not invited this is how we tell you yeah and you mailed out the shirts i gave you to mail out no right well no because the ones that don't have addresses you said we didn't have addresses for them and so yeah yeah maybe my dad mailed them yeah i think so my dad might have because he took my car so he and i he was like what are all these packages and i was like oh we have to mail those out so maybe he mailed them out okay but some people have gotten their shirts okay yeah the ones i have are only ones that don't have okay yes we still need to reach out it's been a long time since we recorded our last episode but it hasn't been that long since that episode has come out uh no, so <laughs> there's that's the, fun. the disconnect. Yes, it's only been a month, <laughs> a yeah. little over a month since we recorded our last episode. Lots, Lots happened. happened. <laughs> yes, a lot has happened. I'm infirm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Oh we, fuck. What? Oh no, I did. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was like, did I do my homework? And then I was like, nope, I didn't. And then I was like, wait, I did. <laughs> okay, good. It's a hard journey for me. Good. Yeah, because even last episode you were like, you know, my school's almost done and I have a few weeks off and now we're past that. Yeah, we're past that. We're and way then past that. next week I get another, so basically like I get another week off because it's Christmas. Oh, so yeah. Just yeah. this past week. It's just this one class he's just like, typically there's like a small assignment. And then, like, a discussion board due every week. Mm-hmm. And every other week, there's, like, a big essay. And nothing else is due except for the essay. This guy's just, like, essay, small assignment, discussion, discussion, small yeah. assignment, essay. It's like, what the fuck? There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot to keep track of. Yeah. I had one of my last classes was, you know, it, some weeks it's a report. And then other weeks it's a discussion board yeah. and responding and, you know, all that stuff. So, um, but I'm, I finished my two classes, you know, the only thing I'm supposed to do left is my internship. So, um, yeah. And then I can pretty much, they were like, we can give you a note that says you have your MA so you can start applying to jobs. And I was like, thank you. So that will be good. Not that I can do anything right now. Well, you can't let a small hole in in your stomach keep you from... Your dream job. <laughs> so long story short, I had my surgery. Mm-hmm. It all went well. Yes. Or so we thought. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and then two, almost two weeks after, I had a really high temperature and I was very, very cold. And I went to the ER and I had, um, I was in sepsis, which is not, not great. great. No. And then I had one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. when Invasive. It, yeah, to it was really. <laughs> I feel like it was very uncalled for. I feel like there were better options. So I obviously had to go into the ER alone because there's COVID. And I was in like this room. And it's really weird because all of the ER rooms, like the front, one whole wall is like glass door. Mm-hmm. So like they had to cover it with like those folding things. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, you know, completely Just naked. vagina out. Yeah, vagina out pretty much. So a doctor who was covering for my doctor came in. And he was like, mm, this is not looking good. And I'm like, no shit. I'm that in the is ER. why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, okay, I'm going to have to cut it open. And I was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And so he, uh, they did not give me any intravenous nope. painkiller or anesthesia or anything. He put a couple needles of lidocaine 
I think it's lidocaine. Yeah, but like to around the, the area. areas, and the needle for lidocaine just fucking hurts. So Huge. it d- really doesn't, and it didn't cover all the Thick. areas. Yeah, there lidocaine is like viscous. Yeah. It's like jelly. It was very painful. It like kind of burns. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's then... not really supposed to go into you. I mean, it does. Yeah, but it's not like well. And they good. also have lidocaine like um fluid that mm-hmm. they kind of just put because yes. Because yeah. when I was at the wound care center, they just put it, uh, mm-hmm. it like, around. That's um, what I use sometimes on my ankle and on my migraines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's numb good. Them, if just as long numb as them right down. It's just injecting it into the skin is, is real. Hard. It sucks. So then he proceeded to take some scissors and just cut Snip my incisions right open. You're like a chicken. I, yeah, just right along, right above my vagina, like along where my hips are. He's spatchcocking you. yeah. It was kind of like that. So he cut that open and he cut a space on my leg open too. And as soon as he, well, not my leg, like in between, like in the crease. And as soon as he cut open the abdomen, because it's kind of a T shape from my perspective, like up my chest and across my pelvis. Mm -hmm. As soon as he cut it open, a bunch of liquid came out. And that can't be good. No, it was not good. No. And I I remember when it came out and I was like, oh, like I jumped because it just went all over me. Rotten pinata. Exactly. So he was like, yeah, like this is really infected. So then he. Yeah, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So then he like cleaned it out and he cut open the leg area. There wasn't really any fluid in there. And then he just left it. So I was just kind of sitting there in my hospital bed with the liquid all over the bed. But it was good because as soon as he had finished cutting, which, like, honestly, I was just the whole time I was like, this can't be really happening because it was so yeah, painful. Yeah, you going to shock. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this You're is like a horror movie. Being open. Yeah, it was extremely unpleasant. And I also, because this is the type of person I am, I'm a February Pisces. Um, the whole time, like, if I screamed, I would be like, sorry. And he's like, stop apologizing. (laughs) But I was like, I'm so sorry. But almost, like, immediately, I started not feeling cold anymore. Which, like, it was very quick. And then they put, you know, an IV with antibiotics and all that. But it took them days to find out what kind of bacteria was in me. Mm. Because they swabbed and sent it away. The consensus is it was it had been in me from the original surgery, so it didn't. It wasn't like something got you in there when I was cleaning it. it. Yeah. So it just was something that got they in there from like the hospital. Yeah. So then I was in the hospital for four days, on yeah. continuous antibiotics, two different kinds, and I just kept switching them out. And uh, yeah, now oh. Well, the body horror continues. Yeah. Because, you know, antibiotics, whatever. But they left these places open and they were like, you're going to have to pack it with gauze when you go home and you have to do it every day. You know, you have, you, you've you taken a first aid class, right? Great. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Just stuff some gauze. And you gauze. know everything there is to know. Yeah. Stuff it right in there. So my mom, who is an EMT... Which, thank God. I know. If I didn't... Also, at this point, there's COVID, so you don't want to hire a nurse to come in once a day. Although we did have... We had two visiting nurses come Mm -hmm. to teach my mom how to do it. We also had... They had someone come to the house to draw my blood. I was like, I feel like I could have gone somewhere for this. But, um, so... I just... The oh, idea of getting blood drawn from your own home is I was, like yeah, I was... end of the world shit. It's like you're dying. Yeah. It's a, like hospice yeah. there. But it's they like, Shh, Austin, it'll all be over soon. He was very gentle, though. That's he was good. a nice, gentle phlebotomist. Did I ever tell you the story about how my brother had ulcers at one point and they had to draw blood uh. because they also thought he had something else or whatever? And they had to draw 10 vials of blood. Oh, my God. Lot. Chris also has this reaction to needles and blood oh, where no. he can't stop screaming at the top of his lung. He's terrified he's deeply man. and he's sobbing. So oh, he's, no. at this point, he's probably like 17, mm. almost 18. And it's me, him, and my mom. And he's sobbing and he can't stop. He, the whole time, he's kind of like you. He's like, I, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But yeah. he, can't, he can't stop. And then at the end, the nurse turns over and she knocks it all off the ground and it all broke open so not only was that all for nothing now there's blood everywhere and chris just 
Thanks. Well, that's better for drawing blood. It's better that he's unconscious. I was like, but he couldn't get his blood drawn again. He had just gotten done. He had too much. Well, they for me they (sighs) kept they came and drew blood every day, which like they also had to switch my IV to my other side Mm. because the vein antibiotics is really hard on your veins. So that vein was collapsing. And just the blood drawing every day, I'm like, I'm worried there aren't enough spots left. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you can always do it between your toes like an addict. They've tried that from me before. I my have mom very has, tiny veins. Yeah, my mom has really bad veins. They yeah. normally have, that's why I asked you if they put in a central line, they normally have to do that with her. Yeah. Well, for me, it was better because they also had me on continuous liquids. Yeah. So my veins were fuller mm, because I was well juicy. hydrated. They were juicy. Ready Getting up action. to pee was horrendous. Yeah. And so they discharged me, which was good. But th- with those, you know, I first we had to pack it with iodine ribbon. And then they switched to just gauze, which is rough, man. Yeah. I mean, think about just gauze being pulled out of a little slit in you. And now we're, we're in the uh, gauze, but wetted with antibacterial liquid. Yeah, I mean that would have been. It's be- it actually feels kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom still has to do it, and it makes the sound when it gets pulled out of like if you had a thick flat noodle and you're pulling it out of bolognese or something. Oh. It's disgusting. It's it's so gross. So um, wet. Yes, and I also had some separation of stitches on my other thigh, and they're just all pussy. That can't be good. Disgusting. He was like, no, this is kind of normal. Just keep putting the antibacterial stuff on it. And And is it going to also... It'll scab over. Okay. So the stitches haven't separated enough for you to have to get more. No, it's literally just, you know, in between two stitches, a little opening. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And there's three of them. There's, like, all in a row. You'd think they'd give you inside stitches, too. They do. They did. Yeah. Um, Good. I'm just, glad there's not just the one thread. <laughs> yeah, no, they've they've dissolved at this point. Yeah. So that that was what happened. We can always staple your shit. Yeah, we could. They were like, did you have staples? I'm like, no, thank God, because I don't know how much more I could take. <laughs> but And staples, I love the idea of staples because it really is like someone took one of those giant staple guns and was yeah. just like, chick, 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 chick. like, I'm going to put up my house lights and then I'm going to close this girl's wounds. Let's go. And they still do that with like some C-sections yeah. too. And it's just like they staples. staples. Yeah. Gotta keep your organs in. Well, because with a C-section you too, got, they're going yeah. right through the muscles. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, there's a lot coming that out. That one's rough. And um, when I was at the wound care place and they informed me that my wound had gotten bigger since they last saw me, they were also like, you know, we see this kind of thing a lot with women who have had c-sections you're like right well i'm childless yes and um one the other nurse was like you know sometimes that's better when i had my kid i had stage four tearing and they were talking to each other and i was like it tears all the way to the asshole yes and i was like you all are making me want to adopt the (laughs) things i have learned in child development class will ruin you yeah gross they have to sew you up and staple your like, think oh. about the in-between of your vagina and your asshole yes, being. Yes, the taint. Yes. Also, there's a story one time. <laughs> there's a story of um, a baby's arm. Tragic. <gasps> the baby lives. But it gets ripped off in <gasps> in, in birth. Ow. And then they had to go in and take the arm out. And when they Pretty did attached. that. they <laughs> Did they reattach n- it? No. A lot of times <gasps> they can. But in this case... It was not salvageable mm-hmm. from how traumatic the tear was. I think it was in, like, um, not a first world country. Okay. But when they went in to take the arm out, they, I don't know what they were using, but when they took it out, they tore her up. Like, oh, through no. her clitoris. <gasps> oh, that's Which I don't and know how that happened. That's not going to help you no. with getting it out either. So that's really bad. So that's always gonna that yeah. could always happen too. Shit it? can always go wrong. That's what I've learned. I <laughs> I always I always vary between like, do I want a natural birth? Do I just want a C section? Because C section two to three weeks recovery time mm-hmm. a lot of times. But you could be in labor for two days yeah, <laughs> before and- it's unhealthy for you to continue, and then you still have to get a C section. Yeah. Well, and also afterwards, like, cause my sister in law she got a a C section, mm-hmm. and she like you really have to have help yeah. because you can't care for a newborn no. after what like she couldn't hold you him and yeah. lift him i mean your organs are just on the cusp of falling out yeah every moment yeah that's what my uncle uh said when he when my aunt had her baby mm-hmm. he was like 
I never wanted to see my wife's organs, and it happened, but just pop and right I out. don't want... <laughs> Look, see, the C-section is like, goal number one is baby. We yeah. get baby, we don't... And then you care about mama. mama. Yeah, so... Because your organs just lift right out, and you never yeah. think that. You think nope. they're attached in there, but they're they really just... It's they're just floating. skin holding around. Yeah, that's why so. they move when the baby grows. They, yeah. like, move to either they do. the up or the bottom yeah. of the baby. And um, then that baby can really, you know... To make or break situation. Yeah. <laughs> and then they can grow up to not love you. <laughs> so and make your life miserable. So but uh, I still want one. But just probably one, I think. I keep and, yeah. because of this thing here, this hole, I keep having dreams that I'm pregnant mm-hmm. and I have like a little pregnancy belly. Uh, just because it hurts here. Yeah. So my body's like, All I guess your, that's yeah. what it's like. And I distinctly I had one last night, and I distinctly remember thinking in my dream, oh no. How far along am I? Can I get out of this? <laughs> the next time they take some skin, can they take a little bit more? <laughs> I was just like, I don't want this to be Which, happening. that's a fun fear, too, because it's like, am I pregnant? But you don't have any of the benefits of, like, being able to eat whatever you want, glowing yeah. skin, mm-hmm. all that stuff. You're just, like, in the tragic moment. I thought I was pregnant, like, a few weeks ago. I just... This I've never been on a birth control that just stopped my periods all altogether, yeah. and so every time I get like a little period, but not a full one, and so every single period I I panic. Yeah, just my that. IUD just stopped them cold. Yeah, I don't have periods ever. Well, that's what I want. I want the metal one, not the chemical one. I tried to get that one, but insurance um, would not cover it. Insurance won't cover. Uh, well, I don't have medical insurance. Fun fact. So oh, really, no. I'm paying for everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I did. It wouldn't cover it. Yeah. It would cover it. Wait, no. It'd cover the device itself, but not the insertion, which is like $5,000. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, not helpful. Not helpful. No, it's not. But technically, that's what I should be using because of your migraines. migraines. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to ask you before we get into our, um, spooky our Christmas? holiday uh, Christmas legend stuff. Yes. Did you hear about the attempted murder at the gingerbread castle? <laughs> No. Okay. So, you know, up near where you used to live, you know, the gingerbread castle? The ging- isn't that up where you used to live? Maybe it isn't. I know of a castle, but it's not a gingerbread castle. Well, and remember the shoe? I don't know yes, if that's... Yes, that I remember. That's what I'm thinking of. But they might have turned it into a gingerbread castle. No, this is an old gingerbread castle. So oh. maybe it's... I thought it might be- belong to that. Is it made of that. gingerbread? No, but it looks like this. It's cute. Oh, it is cute. Maybe yeah. it's part of that section. Um, maybe. Oh, no, Hamburg. It's that's, in Hamburg, yeah. That's so like more no. towards Wayne. Yeah. Yes. So there was an attempted murder at the Gingerbread Castle. And it's a crazy story. But it's open, the Gingerbread Castle? No. Okay. It's open seasonally. But right now it is not open. Well, this seems like the season. Summer is the season. That's, that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and usually, and they've had like a crew working to restore it. Okay. So there was a woman who was hired to help with the restoration, an artist, with like the painting and stuff. Mm-hmm. She is 20 years old. And she has a boyfriend who's 21. Okay. You know, they were getting ready for the summer, last summer, I guess, Mm -hmm. to um, kind of open it and have people come and, like, tour because there are other buildings and structures and stuff. So they got, you know, like, local teens in the area to kind of man it and take tickets. Apparently, this woman who was hired to restore, help restore, paint the gingerbread castle ended up having a sexual relationship with a 14-year-old boy who was hired Jesus. to work at the castle. Yes. Um, uh, uh, just a child. So gross. Why was he hired either? Isn't uh, that illegal? Yeah, 14 is the age, I think, that you can work. Oh, I thought right? it was 15. Uh, I think it or might 16? it might differ by state. I don't know. When I worked at the Italian place, I had to be under the table when I was 15. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, then maybe it's 16. But for a year... So this was like a few summers, a couple summers ago. Uh-huh. For a year, they had this sexual relationship, a.k.a. her being a predator. Yeah. So then he told his mom, and they filed charges against the woman for sexual yeah. assault. She apparently, her and her boyfriend, who she was Ugh. cheating on with a 14-year-old, they were very angry about this you know, these charges being filed against her. 
the boyfriend wasn't angry that she was cheating. I listen. I don't know how these backwoods relationships work. That's what I would be angry about. Envy or was pedophilia. it a threesome type situation? I don't think he was, and he was, okay. you know, in it with it. He's just at that also point dating a fourteen year old that we oh, don't know about. Probably. Yeah, well, probably. So the woman texted the fourteen year old and was like, "Hey." Meet me at the gingerbread castle so we can talk about what's all this stuff that's going on. Which, like, you're not supposed to do that. You yeah. guys have an ongoing case. Like, don't don't meet without lawyers. And, and how talk. is this boy getting out? Of, like, if I was his parents, I'd be like, you're never going anywhere ever again. I, I don't know how he got places. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, he's 14. He can't I fucking know. drive. He can't drive. Maybe he lives close to it Nick. or got a friend. I don't know. So he arrives and the woman and her boyfriend are there, and they stab him, <gasps> slashing him in the skull. Oh my god! Um, and multiple places on his body. So they tried to murder him. He survived, but he was in the hospital being treated for all of these stab wounds. And so they arrested the couple, and they're like, "Oh, this is a love triangle attempted murder at the Gingerbread Castle." What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Isn't this crazy? This is a crazy story, and I need more information, but we can't get a lot of information because there's an underage person. Yeah. Uh, the victim is underage, but both of them were arrested. Well, that's good. Yes. Good call. And the woman, I just Googled her name to find out more information. She has an Etsy shop. Excellent. <laughs> As uh, she should. Yes. But so that's ongoing, and I was just like, what? There's a gingerbread castle and people are murdering 14-year-olds. We should we should do something about this Etsy shop. We should, like... She has one sale. Oh, well. and she, But the creepy part of it is that, like, half of the things, because she's an artist, half of the things on her Etsy are, like, children's cartoons. Ugh. Yeah, it's super gross. What a predator. Yeah. Who finds a 14-year-old attractive? Yeah, and also, I mean... Not gonna be good in bed. No, he's fourteen, and none of he this even was know worth what a any of it. Is. <laughs> he thinks it's a type of car. Yeah, <laughs> or Gatorade. Yeah. So I just I had to talk about that story because I was that's like, crazy. What is going on? Yeah. So, for our creepy Christmas stories, you start. Oh, okay. This uh, this time. Woo! I have two. I do have two as well. So we will trade off. Yes. Okay, so mine are not that creepy. They're more magical with a K. Okay. And well, like I said to you, I so Austin, like two years ago, gave me a book called, I believe it's called Christmas Magic. Mm-hmm. Or like Christmas Time Magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I But I got these stories from there. And at first, so if we hadn't done this, I was thinking, I was toying with the idea of maybe reading them because they're really well written. Like, and doing that kind of thing. It's the old magic of yes, Christmas. The of old Christmas. magic of Christmas. Yes. Yuletide traditions for the darkest days of the year. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> because it is physically, um, but also mentally. Yes. Especially this year. And emotionally. <laughs> My Christmas is still great because uh, Christmas lives within me. <laughs> which is what I thought Austin was going to say to me before when nope. I said, are you excited for Christmas? <laughs> she did not. Nope. She had a different answer. <laughs> but this story, there's a lot of different stories. Mm-hmm. It's from a lot of different places. Okay. It's a traveler. It's mm-hmm. a exotic sign. It's a Joe Exotic, if you will. Okay. <laughs> it's, that's not a comparison. <laughs> it just had the name in it. But So you hear a knock on your door. It's mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. You're partying. Not this year, but most times. <laughs> most years. You're getting wasted. No. Uh, you have eggnog. The Christmas lights are blaring. That one song from Home Alone is playing in the background. Oh, <laughs> you hear a knock, and you're like, what? Is this carolers? For me? For moi? And so you open your door, um, but instead of carolers, you see a giant, massive horse skull staring down at you. Oh, gosh. And you're like, this is it. God take me now. (laughs) Um, So it has the eyes are made out of glass bottles, just the bottoms of a glass bottle. And it has an overly long jaw that's usually spring-loaded. Why? 
so it looks like it's talking to you. Of oh, course, God. Austin, don't ask ridiculous <laughs> questions. And that allows it to mime the words coming from the person beneath it. <laughs> so essentially, it's a skull mm-hmm. on a stick. And there's a person holding that stick. Yes. But you're not allowed to see the person. That would ruin the illusion. <laughs> oh, that a giant uh, horse skull has come to talk to me? Yes. Exactly. So they're covered with some kind of tarp, which differs in different cultures. Okay. And led, typically, by other people. The horse's owners, if you will. Okay. Santa, perhaps. <laughs> Even in death, it has an owner. <laughs> yes. And so now the Yule horse is finally here, and he wants you to let him into your home. No. <laughs> What's well, the password? <laughs> you don't get to choose. Who's coming in? And then I wrote, if this was lore, this would be where the cool music would play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the the Ooh. Unsolved Mysteries theme song. <laughs> Sorry, we weren't expecting company. <laughs> <laughs> and then, bam, music. <laughs> Mysterious. Um, so in many cultures, mostly Welsh, they call this the Mary Lude. Mm-hmm. Which I think is how you pronounce it. It's L W Y D S. Yeah. No vowels. Ludes. Ludes. Um, it means gray mare in Welsh. Okay. And it's called. Oh, I wrote. I wrote how it's pronounced. It's pronounced Ma de Lude. Ah. The rather terrifying spectacle nearly disappeared from Wales at one point, as it did from almost the entire continent of Europe. Oh God. <laughs> Yes. I mean, it's an island. It's an <laughs> island, but I was going for Europe, which okay. is where the tale mostly takes place. Uh-huh. Recently it has resurged, but now a lot of people are putting Christmas ornaments instead of terrifying just broken bottles as the yeah. eyes. It's fun Christmas We also ornaments. don't really use bottles for drinks anymore, like glass well, bottles. You get an old Coke, a Mexican Coca-Cola. You could. Those are smaller, though. <laughs> mm. Yeah, A Topatica? Oh, I guess. It's a glass bottle. <laughs> I think it's also small, though. I feel like ornaments are better, though, because you get small ones. Yes. You could choose the color. Although, in the book I was reading, mm-hmm. they have a craft so that you can make this out of a paper plate, because that's mm-hmm. not terrifying. <laughs> but they also talk about how some people would have... It wasn't necessarily a tradition that happened everywhere, but people knew of it. It's almost kind of like Elf on the Shelf or whatever. Okay. But so some people would have them in their homes as like decor, just like a horse head. And they would actually like take a bunch of pieces of glass, you mash them together, and you make like your own stained glass glass eyes. Mm-hmm. And that sounds quite lovely. Yeah. And you put a light under the fake skull. That does sound nice. Um, This sounds still terrifying because <laughs> it's just a large ornament. So it's like bug eyes. Yeah. Sometimes, if there's more than one in a town, they might have battles. <laughs> and that battle is called Puinko. Hmm. But it's now more milder. I guess back in the day, they would almost fight to the death. Oh, my God. Like, they would really fight each other. Like, fuck you. I'm yeah. mad. Now they're just, like, fake. Yeah. Nay, I'm more, you know, Yeah. Nowadays. Uh, liberals. <laughs> <laughs> um, the drinking's also less heavy. Back in the day, it was intense drinking. <laughs> and basically, the whole point of this horse is they come and they want you to give it liquor. Oh. And if you don't, it's allowed to come in and eat your fucking cake. Your oh, Christmas so they're cake. just thieves. <laughs> thieves. <laughs> they're they're thieves charading around as a pony. Yeah. <laughs> a dead pony. A dead that. fucking pony. <laughs> Fuck you. You're dead. You can't even drink this shit. So the whole yeah, the tradition is you either provide it with booze or food. Or food. Okay. The Christmas cake. Which mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. But special kind of cake? Yeah. It's like my mom when I was little used to make a lamb cake for Easter with coconut as the Yeah. It's I imagine it's something like that but tailored like, for Christmas. Yeah. And sometimes for Christmas they would make those those big uh pies full of mincemeat and also fruit. Yeah, but like that's those Christmas more of a, pies. What do they call those Christmas cakes still? Perhaps. I don't think they're cakes. Fucking they're like mincemeat pies, yeah. but they're meat And they have stars on and, top a lot. Yeah, and sometimes they have like a little baby crib on it. Yeah. Yeah. For Jesus. They're weird. Also, if you eat too much of it, you go insane because yeah. there's a lot of uncooked nutmeg. Mm-hmm. And nutmeg is rough. Yeah. Shit'll make you hallucinate. Yeah. And so cinnamon is also. Yeah. So th- there's a. I don't know if it's Italian or if my family's just crazy, <laughs> but. There used to be a tradition where, like, if someone's making a pie and you bother them, you can hit them, throw cinnamon on them. <laughs> but what no one knew is that uncooked cinnamon can burn flesh. Oh, God. <laughs> so if you put enough on. 
It'll burn. It'll you. burn them. Oh. So that was that's like a fun thing to to throw in this holiday season. That does sound like a fun thing your family would yeah. do. It's like ah, get out of here. Burns. Burns for everyone. There is a 1966 video um, from BBC Wales of the Mary Lude dialogue because they have like a little a little skit they perform oh. for you. And Welsh poet Vernon Watkins paid tribute to this na- nation's custom in his 1941, The Ballad of Mary Lude. Um, it begins, Mary Lude, horse of frost, star horse, white horse of the sea, is carried to us. The dead return. What? <laughs> no, it takes a turn. <laughs> um, those exiles carry her. They who seem holy and have put on corruption. Those who seem corrupt and have put on holiness. They strain against the door. They strain toward the fire which force, which fosters the warmth of the living. Oh, my God. So that's fun. Yeah. I it really reminds me of the um, musical that TikTok wrote about Ratatouille. About Ratatouille. Yeah. It, it is. It reminds me of the last song of that. <laughs> yeah. It's like if the end of Spirit wasn't happy. Yeah. And they wanted your boost. Exactly. The practice also incorporates the century-old tradition of now, apparently, this is not a word people know. It's wassailing, not way sailing. Wassailing, wassailing, uh-huh. like the goddamn Christmas Carol. <laughs> Here we go, so, a wassailing uh-huh. about. Okay, huh. I sang that that like whole verse to Jake, uh-huh. and at the end he goes, "Never heard of it." <laughs> Like, I was the crazy one. I was like, fuck you, man. It's like he's from a different planet. <laughs> but then I've heard on, like, four separate TV shows, mm-hmm. um, mostly, like, baking shows, and they go, what's way sailing? Um, th- or, like, a person will be like, uh, I have uh, people way sailing. It's not way sa- What are you way saying? Sailing? Way sailing. It's wassailing. <laughs> and if you say it wrong, I'm going to show up in the middle of the night and I'm going to kill you and your entire family. <laughs> and drink your booze. And drink and your booze. Your cake. <laughs> <laughs> so typically the horse will show up, sing his little song. Mm-hmm. As sail. a horse does. <laughs> <laughs> so traditionally they only would show up at really wealthy people's house, which I like. That's fun. It's yeah. like, you're rich, so give me your brandy. Yeah, you can afford it. Sort of things. Now it's just a tradition that happens. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they give candy to the horse, which I don't think horses can have candy, but whatever. <laughs> Kids will draw pictures. They make masks out of paper plates. Like I said, haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because it's a dead horse. It's not a real horse. Then that's no. like, oh, it's a Christmas horse. Yeah. That it's would be skull. like Dominic the donkey. Yeah, it's the dead returning. What I have gathered from the poems and everything I've watched and read it's basically a horse there to sniff out who the fucking liars are. Like, he is also Santa. He's like, okay. you've been bad. Which is, I think, what he's getting at when he's like, people who are saying they're go- the holiness, you know, those who seem holy and have put on corruption, those mm-hmm. who seem have corrupt but put on a holiness. It's like, okay, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't kill. She just steals your Christmas cake. It would have been funner. If- yeah. I mean, it's kind of a bummer, but it's not terrifying. Or if it was a unicorn and it stabbed you with that, it. At that the would end. be fun too. That would be fun. Yes. Um, Ireland has its own Yule horse called the Lair Ban. L A I R B H A N. Lair Ban. Lair Ban, yeah. Lair Ban. Or it translates um, to the white mare. Hmm. Its head is a wooden head painted to look like a skull. Uh-huh. It has a whole set list of things it needs to do that night. It's got like a, you know, step one, chase little girls. That's step one. <laughs> okay. <of my> thing. <laughs> and then after the chasing of little girls, people present presents to the horse. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for chasing, for chasing our chasing small us. children. Yeah. And then typically the horse is presented with a pig or goat that they slaughter for it. Oh. And then they give the head to the the horse what would now, a horse do with a head now modern days mm-hmm. they roast a whole pig perhaps or some goat some meat yes and yeah. they get the head you know they don't slaughter a pig mm-hmm. in the courtyard anymore which yeah you know bummer mm-hmm. but i guess for sanity <laughs> reasons and and sanitizing reasons both. cleanliness yeah. cleanliness and godliness mm-hmm. right that's yep. the same thing that's what i've heard uh, <laughs> and the whole point is so that this horse this horse doesn't require any food, mm-hmm. um, but it tells you what the next year will bring. Okay. So, so it's a little bit of a groundhog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then if it sees its shadow, it goes away. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So for those of you who are more into black than white, 
getups. You know, all these horses have been white. We don't. We're, we're into more something spooky. Mm, okay. Um, the tradition of the old horse. It's another famous tradition, but instead of a fake skull, this real horse skull are nothing. Okay. So they kill a horse, and then they wait for the flesh to decay, mm-hmm. probably in the spring. I don't know how long it takes for flesh to decay. Depends eh. where you are. Depends what September, the September, maybe, like. right? You just I guess. bury that thing and let the maggots eat it. Do you have to kill one, or if one dies, can you just use that? I guess, that? yeah. So traditionally, they would wait for one to die in the mm-hmm. village and use that. Yeah. But... You can't, listen, you can't be wasting horses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it still has the, tradi- like the Mary Lou, it has a glass eyes that mm-hmm. people have made out of bottles. But instead of being draped in a light gray or white, like the other horses, it's covered in black burlap. And it's accompanied by six men, all in blackface. Oh, no. Six Um, to eight? Six to eight (laughs) black men. (laughs) And so that is the horse tradition. Oh, God. Of Europe. And apparently it died down in, like, the 80s to, like, all the way to, like, the 2000s. And it has this crazy resurgent lately. And no one knows why. Well, I mean, we could do without the racist parts. Yeah. I don't know if they do blackface anymore. anymore. They probably have gotten rid of that well, or just use black men. Well, there is, you know, there are a few European countries that do have, like, black men helping Santa. Yeah. And, that and they were get... slaves, but now but they're, now they're friends. Helpers. Yeah. And so that's not great. I hope that they've done away with that yeah so that is the yuletide horse and maybe we should replace reindeer with them i mean more sense that horses they are larger and can carry more presents to to meet today's demand for ps5s yeah santa's really got to make some ps5s yeah and they're heavy they're not light Mm. you know unless you're a proper parent and you tell your kids that santa only brings you one gift that's really what santa's for yeah santa's supposed to bring one gift and it's supposed to be just just mediocre yeah and then you get credit for all the other gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because if the kid down the road who's poor but a lot better than you doesn't get the PS5, then, then Santa it's like, hates them. Yeah, then and Santa's, that's not nice. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. worst person ever. Or, like in my favorite Christmas movie, because of how haunting it is, but people don't seem to like it, The Polar Express, that poor kid who's never gotten a present from Santa. <laughs> but then it turns out Santa's real, so I guess this kid this <laughs> He's Santa just, just been ignoring him. Him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. that's a plot hole. That yeah. mm, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't know if it's like this kid had been bad except for this year or what. But maybe he won't. Or maybe he didn't bad. believe in Santa enough for Santa. <laughs> He's like Tinkerbell. You yeah, have to you have to him. clap for him and give him attention. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you about Pere Futar. Ooh, that sounds fun. So starting in 1150, okay. parents in the areas now belonging to France, Switzerland, and Belgium mm, passed on a story Belgium. to their children every winter. They explained that there once was an innkeeper or a butcher. I think maybe a little of both. Um, Back then, you all you, had you so did many a bunch. Yes, yeah. and he took in lodgers and ran a small bar and restaurant because inns back then also had restaurants and bars yeah. in them. So he's a little column A, a little yeah, column yeah. B. You're a doctor. You're a lawyer. You're, you know. You know. You're a barber. You're, you're a, a dentist. You're a dentist. Yeah. yeah. You're everything. So one day, three local children. Uh, by some account, the children of wealthy villagers who were on their way to boarding school. Oh, well, congratulations. Yes. Were picking herbs and other plants in a field near the inn. The boys became lost and entered the inn when night fell. They Wait, they were on their way to school, though. Yeah, and I think that they were just, like, playing and horsing it's around, so and they're like, fuck, now it's dark, we can't go. It's dark, we don't know our way home, we didn't leave the breadcrumbs. Yes, they just failed at this. So they asked the innkeeper if they could stay there that night. No, you, you ruined my herbs. <laughs> they weren't his. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is like the story of Jesus. There's no room at the inn for you. You have to stay at the barn. The innkeeper, however, saw an opportunity. He had a business to run and was always looking for ways to feed his customers on the cheap. So just moments after the children had entered the inn, the innkeeper murdered and robbed them. Mm, Yeah, you know how much money little kids have on them. They're wealthy little kids. (laughs) So millions. Yep. (laughs) In their pockets. His wife helped him drug the boys with wine and slit their throats. He then butchered their small bodies as he would the corpse of a pig. He salted the meat to preserve it and stored it to serve to customers. Some he used for a stew. Pigs are slaughtered when they're alive, but okay. <laughs> well, they were just drugged. 
Yeah. You, you have to hang them upside down. Did he hang them upside down? I don't. See, those my, are the details I don't know. My dad taught me that when he taught me how to gut a deer. He said, you got to hang your animals upside down. Pigs. For blood. Goats. Deer. People. And then <laughs> he laughed, and I don't know if it's a joke. I still don't know. We'll never know at we'll this point. <laughs> We've never dug up that basement, so <laughs> there could be anything. For years, the innkeeper got away with his crimes. Then, seven years after the murders, St. Nicholas arrived at the inn looking for lodging. Thank God he's arrived. (laughs) Yes. While he was making his way around the village to reward the good children and punish the bad. Children who... You have to do it all in one night, St. Nicholas. No, back then there was a whole... There was a couple weeks he could. Yeah. Children who had been good during the year were gifted candies, cakes, dried fruits, oranges, chocolates, and gingerbread. Naughty children often received lumps of coal. Well, they still keep you warm. I mean, yeah, it's useful. Imagine getting dried fruit. You don't know where you stand. That was candy back then. <laughs> but some people got chocolate. <laughs> some people got chocolate. Some Depends got oranges. How good are you? Yes. Are you There's a spectrum. really good? You get chocolate and gingerbread. If you're just okay, you get oranges. Yes. If you're mid bordering on bad, dried fruit. <laughs> That's the Put hierarchy. Cake. I don't give a yep. fuck. That's what Santa says. The innkeeper provided St. Nicholas with one of his best rooms, and after he had settled in, the saint requested a meal. The innkeeper asked him what he would like to eat, and St. Nicholas replied, The flesh of children! I want some of the salted meat that's been in the salting tub for seven years. The innkeeper panicked and tried to run from St. Nicholas, but was assured that if he repented, God would forgive him. St. Nicholas then went to the salting tub and said, Little children who are sleeping here, I am the great St. Nicholas. He then used his magic powers to resurrect the boys from the slabs of meat. No. So they just came out. <laughs> Did they but, grow the meat that had yes, been eaten? Yes, they okay. were full. They were whole. They weren't just like a steak talking. Kill us. <laughs> um, the innkeeper agreed to work for St. Nicholas to pay for his sins. Since then, he's traveled with St. Nicholas as Per Futar, or Whipping Father. Oh, he's like the the Belsnitz. Yes. Uh, while St. Nicholas leaves sweet treats for well-behaved children on December 6th, Per Futar punishes bad kids by whipping them. He appears as an old man with messy hair under a cloth hat and a long beard. He wears dark-colored robes dirtied with soot and uses both a whip and a stick to beat children. And in some variations of the legend, he carries a wicker backpack that he carries naughty children in if he sees fit to kidnap them. So he still gets to kidnap children. He does. <laughs> does um, not kill them. He cracks his whip as he travels with St. Nicholas and can be heard approaching from the echoing of the of the whip. He's like Zorro. Oh, no, wait, that's a sword. No, yeah, that is. That's like a weird thin sword. Yeah. Another version of Per Futar's origin dates back to 1552 in the city of Metz in France. The Spanish were attempting to take the city for Charles X, who was also the Holy Roman Emperor. The citizens of Metz made effigies of the emperor that they dragged through the streets and burned in protest. And there was also a legend of a grotesque creature who punished naughty children. And somehow the two images of the emperor and the monster melded together to create a despicable man that beats unruly children. (laughs) I'm sure the emperor did that too. Well, probably. What do they call him? His name has been lost to history? It's still Per Futar. Yeah. Uh, So that's kind of the two. The legend may have come after the the image of him was already conjured. But yeah, that's the... um, cannibal innkeeper of of Christmas. And he was rewarded with beating children. Yeah. Which, so, I almost did the Belschnickel, mm-hmm. but then I always think of The Office, where he's like, <laughs> yes. he's like, I'm the Belschnickel! Belschnickel. Come here, let me whip you! <laughs> um, So I, I chose not to, but that's a good story. Yeah. Just whipping and it's always left and right. There's just a bunch of characters where it's like, Santa doesn't want to do the punishing, so this person will. Yes. And that's kind of how they're just like Santa's got to stay clean to get that Coca-Cola money. If he he was punishing little kids, he wouldn't be on all those Coke bottles. No. He's already got a share with the polar bears. (laughs) Fucking pissed. That's why he created global warming. (laughs) Santa created global warming. That's the (laughs) hot take for this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. He was like, it's too cold up here and if I kill the polar bears, I get all the Coke money. (laughs) 
which is coke money which is my coke money two, way, two ways it's both for him yes the coke money turns into other coke money <laughs> so okay this is gonna be fun I'm gonna oh god ad-lib. i'm gonna ad-lib a lot of stuff right now okay. let's go okay uh Half of my story is saved, the beginning and the end. So the middle part, <laughs> but it's okay because it's a legend. Okay. So, so we're just going to make some shit up. Yeah, but I just wrote it down okay. like three hours ago. So, so you remember it. I remember most okay. of it. Okay, so this is the Hild. Okay. Or some people say Hildur. Like or Hilda. H-I-L-D-U-R. Okay. This is an old Christmas legend that takes place in Iceland, which we Your love favorite. an Iceland legend. I do. Yes. I'm going to live there one day. The elves went too far. <laughs> yes. Which is funny because this is really a story about the elves going yeah. too far. <laughs> so the legend starts in medieval times. And this is a legend that has turned into something people like tell their kids about. It started as one specific story. Like it happened to this person at this time. And now it's kind of turned into like it happens to... People. So it's like generalized. Yes. Yeah. But it started with a middle-aged sheep farmer. He had this gorgeous sheep farm mm-hmm. in Iceland. I'm sure it was surrounded by ice. Yeah. Probably. But it was probably gorgeous. <laughs> anyway, so every Christmas Eve in Iceland, uh, the big tradition is to go to church. You know, 10 or 11. This is a big Catholic thing, too. Mm-hmm. 10 or 11, you stay there for a few hours with the whole community, at least back then, and then you'd go home. Mm-hmm. Now, for a few Christmas Eves, Hild who was the housekeeper for this man, she stayed behind. She was like, oh, in case there's an emergency, you know, it's a farm, things can Mm -hmm. happen. I'll stay behind. Everyone go enjoy their Christmas Eve. And they noticed that sometimes when someone else would stay behind, like a foreman. Is that Mm -hmm. a ranch or a farm? That's like a construction site. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can also be a foreman for a farm, which this is, because there's sheep. Okay. Um, no, this is a ranch because okay. they're sheep. I a ranch, know. a farm has vegetables and fruits. A ranch has animals. Okay. Um, I didn't know that was the distinction. Yep, that's it. <laughs> so if like one would stay behind, they were, you know, they always ended up and they started calling this something gorgeous in Icelandic. It's been deleted, <laughs> but it translates into dead by Christmas morning. Oh, no. Because whoever stayed behind alone on Christmas Eve would be dead by Christmas morning. And so it became generalized because people assumed that anyone who stayed home alone Mm -hmm. would be dead by Christmas morning. Oh. But it was only specific. Only people on this ranch seemed to die. Uh Uh-oh. And I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was like, oh, well, everyone else isn't alone. That's why it's this person. Or if it was like, I stayed alone and I didn't die. Mm -hmm. So So then the ranch is haunted. The ranch is haunted. Uh-huh. So the ranch owner can't find anyone to work for him anymore mm-hmm. because everyone's like, well, your people die. Yeah. We don't want that. We don't We don't want to die. But one guy shows up and he's desperate for work. He's just quivering for it. Uh, <laughs> and he says, I'll work. It's fine. Christmas Eve comes around that year and he says, no, I'm going to stay behind. I'm going to survive this Christmas. And they're like, good luck to you. They're like, okay. And they're like drawing up the wanted sign for more help (laughs) as they walk away. But that night, he goes to bed. Everything's fine. He goes to bed. But when he wakes up startling, and he's been tied to a large rock outside, and he sees Hild, the housekeeper, and she says, stay here. He's tied to a rock. Stay here. (laughs) I'll be back by morning. And she walks off. Now, Foreman. Uh-huh. Who we don't know his name, unfortunately. He's like, mm, I can get out of these ropes. And so oh, he's no. struggling to get out of these ropes. He finally gets out and he's like, I'm going to follow her because she has to be the one killing people. But she didn't kill me like right away. Like yeah. I'm not dead. So he sneaks behind her and he follows her. And she goes into like this little embankment and he follows her down. And a new world. He follows her into a whole new world. And there's all these elves everywhere it's it's the elf world uh-huh there's like a king elf sitting on his throne and she sits next to him and he realizes that she is the queen of the elves oh and he's like oh okay this bitch but she's tall <laughs> yeah but she's tall i guess they're moderately sized elves okay they're not like christmas elves mm-hmm. well we don't know where they stand <laughs> with santa yet he notices that everyone seems to really like her which makes sense because everyone on the farm really liked her okay like she was like this beloved Likeable. yeah yeah except for this one old lady who's sitting in the corner everyone cheers she's she's back they keep saying 
she gives a ring off of her finger to one of the kids to like play with and they're mm-hmm. calling her mommy. And the kid at some point, the way kids do kind of like it like falls away, falls on the floor, rolls away, and he the kid just gets bored and starts doing other things. Mm-hmm. And so the foreman grabs the ring and he puts it on and he notices that the ring turns him invisible. And oh. So he watches what everyone does the whole night and he's listening in on stories and all this stuff and he's learning so much more and he's like, oh, this is the queen of the elves. How is she... Why is she killing people? Mm-hmm. And as the sun begins to rise, she she says, I have to go back. And everyone's like, no, don't go back. And the old lady's like, ha, 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 suck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> suck it. Um, or fuck it, as I was saying. <laughs> she doesn't say anything, but she's just like grouchy in the corner, but she's kind of got a smirk on. And so he returns to the rock and fake ties himself up uh-huh. and takes the ring off. And she walks back out, walks out to him, and she notices that there's a change. She she looks around. She's like, huh. And she unties him, which he thinks is weird because he's like, oh, she's going to try to kill me. And when she does, I'll jump out of these ropes and, and I'll fight myself. You know, yeah. I can take this stupid queen of the elves. <laughs> he wakes up and he's at the ranch and people mm-hmm. check on him and they're like, oh, he's alive. And she returns to the ranch as well. And she tells them that she is not who she says she was. She is the queen of all elves. And in Iceland, they take elves very seriously. Yes. As we know from movies. Yes. <laughs> and also the Heldefolk. Heldefolk, yeah. And other elvish people. Mm-hmm. You don't fuck with them. You no. give them treats and they're on your side and they'll maybe kill a person for you. Mm-hmm. And so they're all like, what? And she says, when I married the king of the elves, his mother, the old lady, had put a curse on her. That she was never allowed to return except for Christmas Eve. But to return, she had to take the life of a man. Or she had to give the life of a man. So she would tie them to the rock. Mm -hmm. And by morning, he would be dead. Yeah. And she didn't really look into it. But what was essentially happening was the old lady was killing all these people. Oh. But when he had taken the ring out of the elfish world and into the present, it merged the two worlds and opened the doors. Like in Halloween Town 3, probably <laughs> the best one. I know you're all thinking it. When they open up the doors forever and they all can pass between, uh-huh. you know, or maybe that's the second one, high school one. Um, it's like that. So they all cheer. They're like, yay, Queen of the Elves is, you know, whatever. She's saving people because now no one's going to die anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really celebrated because now this is the most horrific part. The men had died in multiple different ways. Uh-oh. Some of them went mad and killed themselves. That was the lucky way to die. Mm-hmm. Some of them had their eyes eaten out by animals. Ugh. Some of them had their throats slit. Sometimes they were beaten to death. Sometimes an instrument was used, like a knife or, or a type of weapon, to slit their throat. Mm-hmm. And their blood was gone. But they were always back in their bed when they died. Okay. So people would come home and see that someone in their bed, but they're... You know, intestines were eaten out by animals. And you're like, how How does this happen? There's no blood or animals in here. Mm -hmm. Because the elf, essentially, Queen Elf, would use her magic powers to have them appear on the rock and then have them appear in bed so no Uh one would catch on. But the curse is now lifted. It is a tradition people do, though, to get their kids to go to church. Oh. (laughs) But it's a fun threat because they say the very words they say. You need to come to church because if you're alone, you'll be dead by Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's a fun thing to say to kids. (laughs) It is. And so this tradition is called the Queen of the Elves. And it's how now the Icelandic people can have this great relationship with elves because they the elves always think of Icelandic people as restoring their queen. Okay. And um, yeah. And that's That's a good legend. Yeah. I like that one. And I didn't even need half of it. Nope. You didn't have to read anything. Okay, well, to close us out, I'm going to tell you about the Kali Kinzaroi. Okay, that sounds like you made it up. <laughs> it does sound like I made it up. Um, according to Greek folklore, mm-hmm. there's a species of goblins that lives underground. Okay. There are many different descriptions of these creatures. Some say they are tall, dark-colored, and covered in hair. They sometimes have animalistic characteristics such as donkey ears, the arms of a monkey, long serpentine tongues, and hooves. Some descriptions maintain that they are human-like but smaller and foul-smelling mm. with protruding sex characteristics. Ew. Yeah, so they're just dick out all the time. Yeah, or boobies. Well, they're mostly male. Almost all male. 
They're blind. Okay, fun. They speak with a lisp. Okay, that's not their fault. And they feast on frogs, worms, and other small earth-dwelling creatures. Okay. Children born during the 12 days of Christmas were at risk of transforming into a Kalikanzaroi. Okay. <laughs> Kalikanzaroi. Um, Every year, once they reach adulthood. Jesus so, Christ. So, like, they once they reach adulthood, that's when they can turn into. So, every year on their birthday, they just have to hope they don't turn into this ugly. Yes. But when they're a baby, to prevent them from turning into a Kalikanzaroi, what the parent would do just as for, like, future insurance, is they would bind them in garlic and straw and singe their toenails. Jesus Christ. Yeah, because that was supposed to, um, the smell was supposed to ward off the goblins. Yeah, but they can't change until they're adults. But this was to ensure that they wouldn't change until they, when they became adults, that they wouldn't wouldn't change. change. Yeah. Another part of the legend states that anyone born on a Saturday was able to see and talk to the Kilei Kanzaroi. Any Saturday, doesn't matter. Um, any Saturday of the year. Lots of people. Yep. The Kilikanzari spend all of their time underground sawing at the world tree, which is a large tree that supports the heavens, and it kind of keeps mm. Earth and the heavens, like, in one Connected, thing. Connected. Yeah. But still apart. Yes. Because of patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> they hope to cut the tree down and destroy the Earth, so basically bring about oh, the apocalypse. so if the heavens fell, yes. that'd be bad. It takes them all year long to saw through the trunk of the tree, but on the dawn of Christmas, they're allowed to come to the surface and abandon the tree to terrorize humans. By the time they go back underground on January 6th, the tree has healed itself and they have to start all over again. (laughs) Poor little thingies. This is like a running thing with them where Mm -hmm. like they have a task to do and then they can't do it in time. Then they have to start over. It's like the guy who has to continuously roll the thing up the hill. Yes. Icarus? No. Not Icarus. No. Um, (laughs) He's the bird guy, right? (laughs) And his son. Yeah. Well, Icarus is the one who flew. He made wings out of wax and they melted. Oh, he's the son. Yes. His father's the smart one. I think so. He's the father. Um, And it's not Atlas because Atlas holds the world up. Maybe something with a P. I forgot who it was. Patchouli. Yes, it's Patchouli. (laughs) Pinocchio. (laughs) That little dick. (laughs) When they come up to the surface, though, for Christmas, they play tricks on humans, but they can only do it at night. Mm. Although they're not considered the dangerous, they are considered stupid and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> With penises just out just and about. out, yeah. Some of their notable activities include urinating in flower beds, breaking furniture, knocking things over, and spoiling food, which is like the Yule Lads, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, but they take things. They do take things. Some folklorists compare their antics to that of drunken men stumbling out of a pub. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like a legend that was created to explain Behavior. what happens yes. when people get drunk at it Christmas time. It really does. <laughs> so in order to protect against the Kilikanzari, some households would keep a Yule log lit all night during the 12 days of Christmas. Mm. Some would use worn and odorous shoes to make the fire smell bad and keep the mm-hmm. goblins away so they would burn those shoes. Another popular method of so warning. Safe. It's yes, fire just like a leather shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Another popular method of warding them off was to leave a colander at the doorstep of the house. The Kilai Kanzari could not enter the home until they had counted every hole in the colander, but they're forbidden to say the number three because it's a holy number, and any Kilikanzaro who spoke it had to kill themselves. Jesus. <laughs> so they would count two holes and then have to start over until the sun comes up, mm. and then they'd have to retreat back uh, for the day. There are supposedly many ways to keep them at bay. Some people hang the lower jaw of a pig inside their chimney or behind their front door. Some hang a strand of flax, like uh, like a braided many strands mm-hmm. of flax by their front door to make them uh, count every strand <laughs> before they can come in. Um, there's a lot of like counting stuff with mm-hmm. them. And a more Old Testament approach was to mark the home's front door with a black cross. In Cypress and other cities, villagers would leave small pancakes on their roofs as an offering 
to the Kilikanzari as they headed back underground for the year. <laughs> so, like, kind of like, no hard feelings. Bye. Bye. Go um, cut that tree down, but you won't. Yes. But the only surefire way to get rid of them was when the local priests performed the blessing of the waters on Epiphany Eve. Then the little creatures are officially driven out of town, never to come back until next Christmas. What a fun little... It's a very fun story, but the depictions of them are I bet creepy. You horrifying. Yeah. Um... I feel like that's a tradition I would want to start with my kids. Like, hey, go hang a colander outside. Yeah, these little elves are going to come in and pee all over the place and break your table. (laughs) Well, and there's also, like, no consensus of what they look like. So there's just, like, these wildly varying different I didn't picture them like that. I pictured them like Harry Potter goblins. Well, in the Greek translation of Harry Potter, the Gringotts goblins are called Kilikanzari. Ah, yeah. Yeah, or, like, that little green thing. Yeah, that's more goblin-ish. There are just so many... Little different ways of, um, like, sometimes they look like this. Those are, like, little kids. But I like that how in none of these they have, oh, this one has a dick hanging out. Well, no, it doesn't. I was mistaken. It's a flap of some kind. Yeah, in none of these depictions do they really have, like, their dicks hanging out. Yeah. Which would be fun. This is them chopping the tree down. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, what a sad existence yeah, for really a mythical is. creature. Uh, they really get the short end of everything. Yeah. Well, you could be a dead horse, I guess. This is my favorite. It looks like Henry Zabrowski. Oh, that does look like Henry Zabrowski. That also looks like a goat person. It like does. The devil. It has the hooves on yeah. it, and it's carrying an axe. An axe. A very tiny axe. Too tiny to cut down a tree. Yeah, much too tiny. So those are the Kilai Kanzaroi. Mm. <laughs> what a fun little legend. It is. It's nice. I love Christmas legends. I don't. I think from now on we'll have to stick with creepy or cri- cri- killer Christmas because there's just not We're enough. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah. of these legends. Yeah, there I aren't talk a about a dead horse. So, yeah. For a while. Mm-hmm. And you can only be the dead horse so long. <laughs> I mean, these were fun, but it's just they like. Were. There aren't a lot. There aren't. Of, Every time you look, these ones. were like the last like four we just happened to ha- yeah, have not happened do, to come but upon. They really. And last year we got Cagatillo, and that was a lot more fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the the uh, Christmas the shit Christmas, log. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. And I wanted to have a Cagatillo this year, but, you but know. there's only one. Think, That's the thing. No, you can't. You can buy them. <laughs> um, but, you know, things got in the way. I thought you meant metaphorically, like, you wanted one this year in your story. Like a, no. Like one that was as good no, as it. No, I wanted I to like, actually have one. Mm, a little Cagatillo. Yeah, I could. Out of little sticks and a log. Yeah. And a hat. <laughs> but um yes the cagatillo is one in a million i do kind of want to make now maybe i'll make this instead of a pie i've been tinkering with the idea of making a yule log like Ooh, out of cake yeah i like those and we could call that the cagatillo the cagatillo yeah will it shit chocolate it that'll won't be nice. but it's made out of chocolate and i could make little chocolate shits that would be good so I, it's like already I, done it. that would be really inspired yeah. i would like that For a lot Christmas Eve, yeah be good i would really like that yeah <laughs> That would lift my spirits. Your parents are going to be like, why are they back again? They're here every week. They need to leave. And I'll be like, chocolate cake and prime rib for all. We come bearing gifts this time. Yeah. I'm really excited for the prime rib. Have you ever, you know, prime rib's good. It's going to be good. It's good. Yeah. Well, those are our uh, creepy Christmas stories of all the legends. Yeah. Winter legends. Let us know if you have any weird legends that you celebrate yeah. that we haven't covered. Oh, yeah. If we haven't covered it, then yeah. if we or can any gather just enough. Like weird, like my cinnamon thing. I'd love to know any weird things. <laughs> Your weird Christmas. Yeah. Or like uh, my mom told us our presents would disappear before if we if we tried to open them before dawn. <laughs> That's fun. So, I like that one. Yeah. And so me and my brother would wake up at like literally three in the morning and just sit in each other's bedroom and be like, Christmas. <laughs> just have to wait a few yeah. hours. And my mom would be like, shut up. I'm sleeping until seven. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm tired. I yeah. have a hole in me. She, Yeah. Our food. We have pizza waiting we on do. us. We do. It's hard to focus. It's well, nine and, o'clock at night. And happy Hanukkah, like everyone. Happy Hanukkah. Even though it's Last the tail day. end of Hanukkah. Look, here's a fun thing. For work, I made a Hanukkah cocktail. If you want to try it, it's a it's cute. It's I a like jelly it. donut one mm-hmm. after the sugoin. 
whatever, the jelly donuts <laughs> Jewish people eat yes. during Hanukkah. And it's just an old-fashioned, so it's bourbon, orange, bitters, mm. and then a tablespoon of cherry jam or strawberry jam. Mix it in there. Yeah. You yeah. shake it up, strain it into a glass, and on the top of that glass, you will put jam and dip that in powdered sugar. Ooh. It's delicious. Yeah, that sounds really good. And it's good. A quite a lovely red for festive. Uh-huh. Festivities. Huh. Yeah. You could even throw some cinnamon in there if you wanted to. <laughs> to burn people. To burn them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, we are Helen High Horror on everything. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, we're Hell High Horror. I'm Austin Castelli on everything. I'm Reparata Ann on everything. And we wish you all a very Merry Christmas or a Happy Hanukkah. Happy Holidays. Happy all Kwanzaa. the holidays. Kwanzaa is like right after Christmas this year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's typically right after Christmas, but yeah. I, I know it changes. But. Mm-hmm. And I don't know any of the other ones. <laughs> Happy New Year. No, we'll probably record before New Year. Yeah, right? we'll probably put... Well, this will come out before New Year's. Yeah. And then we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see what Happy happens. Happy New Year's if it's New Year's. If, if we are late again. Look, so. she's got a hole in her. I do. And I've got a lot going on it's emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> we just... It's a lot right now. I'm doing a lot, okay? <laughs> We're trying. Okay. Well, happy hauntings, everyone. Bye. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.